Hey there, Hershey Free Church. Uh, good morning. My name is Nick Schatz. I'm one of the pastors here on staff, and uh, I just want to say I I realize that many of you are planning on coming to in-person worship services today in the sanctuary and in the auditorium. And then once once the governor's mandate came out, uh, I, I realized that was a buzzkill. I personally was really looking forward to being with my family and being able to be in the service and be with people. I'm sure you felt the same way. Uh, but hey, thanks thanks for being patient as we go through this. We're in this together. And so since we're all online, I'll point out that we do have an online Sunday bulletin with some announcements. And hey, if you're here for the first time, there is a link that you can click there. It's kind of an online connect card, similar to what we did with actual pen and paper back back when that was something that we did. So go ahead and click there. We'd love to know that you are joining us online, that you're here for the first time, and you know, see if we can connect with you or get you connected with other people in some way. So I hope that you can do that. Uh, today, we're going to be jumping into Philippians chapter 4 in our series that we're going through on resilient joy. So go ahead and grab your Bibles or grab a mobile device, whatever you're using to look that up, and turn to Philippians chapter 4. Hey, uh, as you turn there and as you're, as you're finding your place there, I just want to share you kind of a story of something that happened to me uh, just a couple of weeks ago. So at the end of last month, uh, well, actually for the last several months, I've been trying to call people that I haven't been in contact with for a good while. Uh, and many of you are doing the same thing because we're self-quarantined. We're not going into the office. Maybe you're calling friends that you haven't seen in a while. You're calling people that are old friends. Maybe they live a little ways away and, and reconnecting with them. That's something I've been doing, one or two a week. And so I called an old friend that I haven't seen in, in several years, and I haven't talked to him in several months, maybe even close to a year since the last time we had spoken. So I called him up just to check in and see how things were doing. And as soon as we got on the phone and connected, uh, we uh, instantly went to swapping stories. And hey, remember when this happened? Remember when you did that? Oh, I can't believe it ended up this way. You know, we just kind of swapped those stories and, and, uh, and, and just a little bit of small talk early on. And then about 10 minutes into the conversation, uh, we, we turned to more current events, so to say. Uh, we talked about you know, the fact that we're all wearing masks all across the, well, all across the world, not just across our country, how we're wearing masks. We talked about uh, the economy and some of the things happening there. Uh, we talked a little bit about politics, not a whole lot on that. Uh, we did get into the Black Lives Matter movement and the rallying cry that is going out and, and the racial protests and so forth. So we, so we talked about some of these more serious issues after just doing small talk and sharing memories. And what became, what was surprising to me is that I found out very quickly that on all of these issues, I think I mentioned four or five, on all of these issues, we were on total opposite ends of the spectrum. We somewhat strongly disagreed with each other on every single one of those issues. And that surprised me because the first several years of our friendship, I, for the most part, at least my understanding is that we were pretty much on the same page on, on just about anything. And all of a sudden, I realized that uh, just just the current things going on right now, just the current events, the stuff that's in on the front page of news feeds, is the stuff that we were just diametrically opposed in how we felt, how we believed, where we stood on things. And so the conversation ended kind of awkwardly. We both just got kind of silent. We were both a little, I think, a little flustered, a little upset at one another, and we just kind of said a cordial. Goodbye. I hope to talk to you again sometime soon or never. <laughs> so, and then we hung up the phone. In fact, I kind of wish I could go back to the day when I had that razor, the flip phone, and you know, smash it. Now it's just a glass, you know, screen that I can tap. It doesn't feel as as uh, volatile. But 
Uh, I think I think many of you can probably identify with that. It just feels that right now there's there's a lot of stuff that we can fight about. Just right now, there's there's a lot of things that we can disagree about and have arguments about. And maybe you found yourself in the same predicament. There's there's someone or multiple people that, for the most part, you were in 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 total agreement on, you know, major things in life and your life philosophy. But uh, this this mask wearing thing is something where you just see each other very differently now. I know, I know that some of you listening, you feel that that wearing masks is it's just it's maybe a violation of your rights, and you feel that this is ridiculous that we have to wear these things, and it's it's just perpetuating fear in people, and maybe there's something else going on why they want us to wear these. It's just it's absurd. They're just trying to put a bandaid on things. But maybe maybe that's how you feel. And there's others of you listening that you don't feel that way at all. You feel the exact opposite that wearing a mask is that's the least that we can do to care for one another. And and I can't. And, and maybe you get upset when you see people not wearing masks and you think, man, they just don't care about anybody but themselves. And that causes you to get angry. And, and there's people listening to me. There are people listening to me right now that feel very differently about that thing. And three months ago, they saw eye to eye on just about everything. When it comes to the economy, maybe maybe it's the same way where, where some of you listening to me right now, you think, man, this is crazy that we've shut down the economy. The, the government has stepped in too far. This is, this is absurd. I, you know, businesses are closing. It's unfair that we're cutting stimulus checks and affecting our grandkids and our great-grandkids and sending our country into debt and yada, yada, yada. There's others of you on the exact opposite of that. And you think, man, we should have done this quicker. We should have more restrictions and more mitigation in place. And I'm, I'm absolutely for us canceling large meetings. And I'm for us, you know, closing businesses for a short time so that we can get ready for schools to open and so on and so forth. Maybe we shouldn't have schools at all. And, and so people listening to me right now, maybe in the same household, are at very ends of these kind of things. Add to that, of course, it's a presidential election year. And so that's, that's always a little bit divisive. Uh, in, in recent weeks, we've had several major Supreme Court decisions that have been made that maybe has put you on different sides of things. Of course, I mentioned earlier the Black Lives Matter movement and racial protest uh, going on throughout the country. And so I'm sure that we, I, I, in fact, I know for a fact, there are people just in our, just in our church that are on opposite eyes, sides of these issues. Matters of religious freedom. Maybe when you heard that we were canceling in-person services, that, that caused anger for you, or maybe it was a wave of peace. And yes, I'm glad our church is doing this. I, I know that People listening to me right now are on opposite ends of, of these kind of things. And in some ways, it feels like we're in this giant crockpot, right? All of us are just in this crockpot, and all these issues are just ingredients that have been thrown in here. The lid's put on, the button's been pushed, and it's just getting hot in here. Add a dash of social media, add a pinch of self-quarantine, add a teaspoon of recession, throw in a quarter cup of working from home, and just stir this thing up, turn the heat up, and this is going to be one awful soup. <laughs> this is just going to be... Too much cayenne peppers in this crock pot, right? But I want to let you know that it doesn't have to be that way. This soup, this crock pot that we're all roasting in right now, it, it doesn't have to be bitter. It doesn't have to be nasty. And especially with us who are called brothers and sisters in Christ, it, it, this does not have to end up being a nasty soup. I think we can see eye to eye and we can strive for unity with one another. And as we talk about that, I, I want to actually bring to your attention a case that happened in the Philippian church. So go ahead and open up to Philippians chapter 4, and we're going to be a fly on the wall for uh, some conflict that's happening between two women named Euodia and Sintichi in the early church in the church of Philippi. So let's read this together. Philippians 4.1, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. I plead with Euodia, and I plead with Sintichi, these are the two women, to be of the same mind in the Lord. 
Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women, since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are also, or whose names are in the book of life. Now I'm going to read this again with you, since it's it's only three verses, so we have time to read it twice. And I just want you to kind of pick up on some of the things that are mentioned repetitively. There's this idea of, you know, we're brothers and sisters. We're we're not biologically linked, but through our relationship with Jesus, because of our commitment to him, we, 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 are, we are brothers and sisters in Christ. There's this idea of being in the Lord that's repeated over and over, that, that, we're, that we're supposed to be a team and have the same mind, which kind of goes, goes back to Philippians 2, right? Have the same mind that was in, that was in Christ Jesus, being the same mind is the same language. So let's, let's read this again. Therefore, my brothers and sisters... You whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way. And then he calls them friends. <laughs> Both of them on either side of the issue, they're friends. I plead with Euodia and I plead with Sentichi, be of the same mind in the Lord. We see that again. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, this is kind of an innocent bystander watching this, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel. In other words, they're on the same side on the things that matter. So help them, along with Clement and the rest of my coworkers whose names are in the book of life. And actually, when you read the end of that, it kind of gives you the impression that, listen, ladies, you're going you're gonna to spend eternity together. This, you, you can't go the rest of your life avoiding each other. You, you, were gonna, you, were both, you have your names in, in the book of life. Now, I just want to point out that I think it's a really good thing that we have no idea what these women were fighting over. We have no idea what the conflict was about. And I think that's a good thing, because if we knew what the issue was, if the issue was mentioned here, this message would actually be a message on whatever that problem is. But the problem is not what the problem is between, between these two women. The problem is actually a greater issue. It's that there's disunity between these two sisters in Christ. There's disunity, and it's causing them to be less effective in serving Jesus, less effective in serving each other, less effective in serving their church, less effective in, in serving and loving their community. It's, 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 it's causing disunity between them, and that's what the real issue is, d- d- despite whatever the problem is between these two ladies. And see, the thing is, God, his intention is for us to deal with conflict in a healthy way and to work things out and to find common ground and to stay unified. Tension's going to happen. Conflict is going to happen between us. Anything that's alive is going to have conflict with other, with other human beings. But God's intention is that we would handle this well. God's intention is not for married couples to remain undivorced. His intention is that they would be united. God's intention is not that friends would remain unsplit. His intention is that they would be united. And there's a way to handle conflict in a very healthy way. And of course, I'm pleased to report that uh, very interesting archaeology, uh, actually in recent archaeology, we discovered an ancient artifact that actually lists the name of these two women. And, and scholars have looked at this very closely, and they believe it's actually these two very women working out their disagreement uh, in this artifact. Now, I actually have a picture of it that I want to show you. It's actually a Twitter post that was sent by Euodia. So at Euodia Girl, and here's what she, she typed, I can't believe how ignorant some people can be. People like at Sintichi413 best better get with it and stay informed. Hashtag not in my house. I didn't know they had hashtags back then. I'm not even sure how you do a hashtag in Greek, but man, this is just interesting. No, obviously this is fake news. I want to go ahead and throw that out there. This is not true. In fact, if you look on Wikipedia, it's proven that Twitter was not even around in the first century. But I think in some ways this this kind of highlights 
the way that we instinctively want to deal with conflict, right? We don't always want to step into it in a natural, healthy way. And if I'm going to be honest, I don't normally handle conflict in a healthy way. It's, it's not natural for me. It's not easy for me to deal with conflict. I don't like conflict. I would rather avoid conflict. I would rather not have conflict. In fact, if you don't mind, I'd like to share with you what is my natural response. What is the easiest thing to do? What is the default setting for Nick Shots? The natural and easy and default way that I deal with conflict is I just eat people. And I confess to you today that I, Nick Schatz, am a cannibal. When conflict comes up, I don't naturally deal with it in a healthy way. I just like to eat people. And the guy that wrote this letter to Euodia and Sintichi, he actually saw guys like me coming, and he actually had something else to write about that in a different letter. So I just want to pull this up. Galatians 5.15, he writes, If you continually bite and devour one another, beware that you are not consumed by one another. If you bite and devour one another, if you eat each other, if you are Christian cannibals, beware that you are not consumed by one another. Of course, I think if I'm honest, I'm not the only one who naturally goes this way. I'm not the only one who finds it easy to just jump right into biting and devouring and consuming my brothers and sisters in Christ and others that are not necessarily part of the church. I, I, I think I'm not the only one who my default setting is to just, just eat people that I disagree with. I think it's pretty natural for all of us to instantly want to go to, to biting each other, whether that's instead of having a conversation, instead of picking up my phone, I'm going to send a private message to them, or I'm going to send an email where I kind of list everything, and I don't want to hear them back. I'm just going to send that off. Or, or my personal favorite, of course, is maybe you've ever, I've, I've gotten several of these over the years. Maybe you've gotten a letter from someone that wasn't, it didn't have their name on it, and so they didn't have the guts to tell you their name. They wanted to avoid you. They just kind of sent the, sent the mess your way. I mean, that's, that's, just, that's a way of biting. Right, sarcasm is a is a natural way of doing this. It's it's thinly veiled truth that that really that really stings. It's kind of a joking way of hey, I can say this and smile about it, and not be direct with you, but still kind of get my point across. It's 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 a biting comment that comes out. Passive aggressive statements, you know. I mean, there's a way that I can say things subtly and nonchalantly, and I can walk it back if it blows up. But I can just kind of passively aggressively say what I want to say without being very direct. These these are this is all a way of of biting each other. And he says, if you bite and, and devour one another, when I think of this idea of devouring other people, I, I think of those conversations that can play in our heads, right? And I have to admit, whenever I'm having an argument or a disagreement or handling conflict with somebody in my own head, I always win. I, I'm always right. I've never lost an argument that went on in my own head. It's because I'm not able to actually hear their point of view. They aren't there to defend themselves. And it just, it just tends to make me more angry. Or maybe... Maybe you've been known to go behind people's backs and, and talk about things, right? You, you, this thing comes up, you, you shut down the conversation, you don't engage it, but when you go home to your spouse or to your mom and dad, or maybe you, you go and, and talk to friends, and, and, and you lay out all the facts, or at least the ones that are convenient to lay out, the ones where you are the, the victim and they are the villain, right? You, you kind of listen in a certain way that makes you the hero of the story, and some of us, this is just kind of what's natural. This is our default setting is to eat people. It's to bite and devour and the writer says, if you bite and devour each other, if you eat each other, beware that you're going to be consumed by one another. Because when you bite and devour, somebody leaves the conversation missing half of their calf muscle. Somebody leaves the conversation with bite marks up and down their arm. And the truth is, even if I'm the one who's devouring you, I'm also being hurt by it because I'm not hearing your point of view. And, and if any of us get into a situation where we're always surrounded by people and talking with people, 
that think like us, and, and, and we're, we're not surrounded by people who, who think differently and have different beliefs and convictions, that's, that's kind of a bad place to be. It's not, I think we can all agree that it is not healthy to eat other people. In fact, I, I want you to remember this. So I just want you to do this. Even if, you're, even if you're by yourself at home, I want you to say this with me. Cannibalism is bad. Say that with me. Ready? Cannibalism is bad. All the kids, even the kids that are in living rooms and listening, I want you to say this with me. I want you to say, I want you to hold your hand up and say, I will not eat people. Ready? Say it with me. Ready? I will not eat people. Even though I can't see you, you're by yourself or with your family or friends or whatever. I, th- there may be witnesses in the room that have said, hey, you've said cannibalism is bad and you committed to not eating people. But I do have a better option. I, better, I have a much better solution for you. It comes up in Ephesians 4. With all humility and gentleness with patience, putting up with one another in love. This is convicting. Making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. If I can be honest, I kind of wish that I hadn't come across this verse. I kind of wish that I had never seen this verse in the first place. I think back to a few years ago, my kids were toddlers. Every now and then they would pull a book off the shelf and, you know, take their highlighters or, or pens and crayons and just kind of cross stuff. I kind of wish they had come across my Bible and just, just subtly scratch this out because now that I've seen this, I'm accountable, to, I'm accountable to pay attention to it. Now that I've seen this, I don't really have much of an excuse to bite and devour other people. I don't have much of an excuse to avoid conflict, right? I can't go to, now that I've read this verse, I can't go to Jesus in prayer and say, Jesus, I, I want to understand this person, but oh, they are just so annoying. I think the world would be a better place if I just ate them. Is that okay? Because I think Jesus, I know Jesus would talk back to me and say, I don't think that's an honest way of saying that you are putting up with one another. And by the way, let's just be honest. Life with Nick Schatz is not a walk in the park either. People are putting up with me. I, I realize that. Putting up with one another. I can't go to Jesus and say, Jesus, this guy frustrates me. I'm just going to avoid them. I'm not going to talk to them because I think he would stop me and say, hey, I hear you, and I understand why you say that, but can you honestly say you are making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace? And if I'm just honest right now, I'm, I'm not sure I've ever actually followed this advice, this command. I'm not sure making every effort, that's a pretty high bar. I've made little efforts before, right? I've, I, I, I've tried a little bit, but I'm not sure I've ever made every effort, every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. As we move through this, I want to point out a map. Some of you have been to this mall before. This is, a, I think, Park Place. I forget the name of the mall, but it's uh, in Lancaster. Many of you have seen a map like this, and there's usually a pen somewhere where it says, you are here. So I just, I just want to pick up the text where I left off, and I want to show you where, where you and I fall in this text. There's two places you could be. I plead with Euodia, and I plead with Sintichi to be of the same mind. Maybe, maybe you're one of these women here in this story, and on this map, and you're at odds with another person, and you need to pursue them and seek unity. However, I think all of us fit on this map somewhere because we might be here. Paul's saying it's not just about two people finding common ground. It's every single one of us in the church is to be about the the work of peacemaking and maintaining unity, fiercely maintaining unity with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And so some of you are not here, but some of you are here instead because the apostle writes and he says, hey, and and I ask you, my true companion, not name, but whoever the letter is maybe indirectly addressed to, I'm, I'm asking you to help. It's an imperative verb, to help these women. All of us are to be at at the work of helping people work out their disagreements. 
And so I just want to show you once again, here's the two options. Here's the two ways that we can handle conflict. We can, this is just greasy, you know, fatty, carbonated and, and sugared up uh, material here. We can either bite and devour one another, which I think we can all agree is pretty unhealthy. Or we can make every effort, we can put up with one another, making every effort to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. And you have a choice. The next disagreement, or maybe one, there's one going on right now between you and someone. You can either eat each other, or you can make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There's a lot of stuff that we can fight about right now. But I just, want you to, I just want you to imagine something for a second. I just want you to imagine that Hershey Free Church was known to be a people who refuses to eat each other. And instead, we insist on making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. I just want you to pretend for a moment that Hershey Free Church was known to be a place who refuses to do this and insists on doing this. And I want you to imagine that all the families that call Hershey Free Church their home, that within their homes, or, or, or singles and married couples, all, all the people of Hershey Free Church, that if you were to enter into one of their homes, you knew that you were entering a place where you could bring up the most controversial topic in the world, but you could still be heard, and you would still be respected, you would still be valued as a brother or a sister in Christ, and as another human being made in the image of God. You, you knew that you could bring up the most controversial thing and still walk away as friends, because you are unified on what really matters, the gospel and the mission of God, and the fact that we are made in the image of God. I want you to imagine that every Hershey Free Church home was like that. I want you to imagine that every single workplace that's in Central PA that, that has a manager or an employee that that is a, a, a person of Hershey Free Church. I want you to imagine that every single workplace that has a Hershey Free Church member that works there, that everybody else in that workplace knew at least one person who refused to do this and insisted on doing this. I just want you to imagine that we were known to be these people. I just want you to imagine that for a second, that every single Hershey Free Church student, whether it's Milton Hershey School, Derry Township, Central Dolphin, Lower Dolphin, any of the other dolphins, I want you to imagine that every single Hershey Free Church student was known to be a student who refuses to bite and devour each other, especially their fellow Christians. And instead, they made every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. And I want you to pretend that this scenario is happening. I want you to picture in your head, there, there's two people that are not seeing eye to eye with one another. And, and on the one side, the person is, they're raising their voice, they're using sarcasm, they're using passive-aggressive statements, they're kind of throwing gasoline on the fire. They're not really listening. They're doing a lot more talking, right? And the other person's just very patient, nodding, listening very well. Slipping in comments that are very appropriate, they're, they're, they're not uh, construed in a way that's going to be biting or devouring, they're, they're just very level-headed with the way they respond. And at the end of the conversation, I want you to imagine the lady that I just mentioned ends up saying, you know, I, I really appreciate you sharing your point of view. I, I think we disagree on this, but I, I think we, I'm, I'm glad that we're still friends. Th- thanks. I'm glad we had this conversation. I learned from you. And because of her comment, the two walk away still at peace with one another, even though they don't agree. And now I want you to imagine for a second, there's a park bench over on the side, and there's a couple of innocent bystanders just watching this thing go on. And I want you to imagine that one of them looks to the other and says, did you see what that lady did? I bet you anything, she's from Hershey Free Church. Because the people at Hershey Free Church, they are known for being people that refuse to bite and devour and consume each other. And they insist on making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Romans 12, 18, as much as, as much as possible, as much as it depends on you, be at peace with everyone. Well, hey, with that said, I just want to remind you that as the screen goes black, as, as this service ends, that church is far from over. Church is not a building. Church is a people, and church is an action verb. 
and you are the church. And so as this worship service closes, you are not being dismissed. Instead, you are being sent. You are being sent to be a people that avoid biting and devouring other people. You are being sent to be a people who you put up with one another. You just do. You make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. You are not dismissed today. You are sent. Thank you.